Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. And now for the most famous words in motorsports from the action adventure film Sahara, opening April 8th in theaters everywhere, actor Matthew McConaughey. All right, all right, all right. Gentlemen, start your engine! All right, welcome into another edition of Dev Speed Podcast, a bonus edition for this week, as we had the long-awaited 2022 schedule drop come out yesterday. Well, really, it kind of dropped on Tuesday evening, if you follow certain people in NASCAR media on Twitter, as it typically does over these past couple of years. We got the official announcement yesterday. Um... Not as many shakeups as there were for last year's schedule or this year's schedule when it was announced last year, but still a fair, a fair amount of things get moved around, have some new things, um, have some things that are really exciting, have some things a little bit questionable. Um, but overall, you know, when, when you get used to NASCAR putting out the same stale schedule for six, seven years in a row, even having a little bit of things different is uh, refreshing. Well, I think it's a lot of, I mean, not all of the moves I'm in love with, but overall, I think it's definitely, there's some positives there. And I know we'll get into the exact schedule here in a minute, but I mean, I I think it's, you know, the past, if you take the past two years, you know, what we're running this year, what we'll run next year, Mm -hmm. um, definitely a right direction of different types of tracks, different markets that NASCAR is trying to tap into. Um, So I think, definitely a, a big change over the past you know it will be over this two season stretch here but yeah um I, i'm excited for it and with how many things changed this year i don't think we should have been expecting anything drastically radical for 2022 because it's not fair to give these new tracks or these new you know extra race dates one year to prove yourself especially with how weird things have been this year and you know we've only had full capacity basically in the second half of the season so you know I understand kind of letting it all play out a little bit giving it some time and uh you know we're pretty much going back to all the same place we go next year had a few dates swapped around um and then we have the I guess technically two new tracks um joining the schedule yeah so all right let's go through it week by week and uh, just kind of assess the 2022 schedule Starts off, we've been talking about it for weeks. The rumor's been heavy. Um, it was all but confirmed until the schedule finally dropped. But we're starting off with the what is now known as just The Clash. I guess Bush isn't sponsoring it anymore. The Clash in the Coliseum, LA Coliseum, uh, February 6th on Sunday, the Sunday before the Super Bowl, two Sundays before the Daytona 500. Going to make this purpose-built short track inside the LA Coliseum. Um, Going to go out there for, I don't know, maybe 150, 200 laps and uh, just – have an exhibition race. Yeah, it's we talked about it on a couple of episodes previously. You know, I'm not in love with the idea. You know, mm-hmm. of, of the changes, this is the one that I'm just like, eh. What I mean, I understand it from a business point. You yeah. know, you if you go to LA and it's a, a huge success. You know, the Coliseum. I mean, just look at what that is and and what had just the historical significance of that place. Yeah. Um, I understand it from that standpoint, from a logistical 
standpoint, I think it's a nightmare, you know, that go all the way across the country, you know, for, for a race that I don't want to say doesn't mean anything, but you know, you're not, there's no, you know, bonus for it or anything like that. So I don't know. I mean, it's, it's different. It's, uh, it's definitely going to be unique. We talked about it on the podcast earlier this week of, you know, is it going to be one of those where like, they just like bring the track in in pieces? Like, I mean, I'm going to, I'm more interested in how this is going to work yeah. than the actual self so far. And, you know, of course people ask Bob Pockers millions of questions about these type of things. And what I saw him say was the idea is essentially going to put dirt down and then you're going to pave over that. Um, you know, and again, it's a temporary thing. So you're going to be able to remove it. Um, now I don't know what the logistics of move, removing asphalt from dirt is that does sound complicated now of course once we get to february the la coliseum isn't going to be hosting anything again until football season rolls around in the fall so they certainly have time there but it, it does seem like a lot of work for a, a a short exhibition event but again i know fox has a big hand in this um i imagine they're going to be assisting financially some kind of way so you know i don't think nascar is completely coming out of pocket with this and i doubt the teams are going to be doing that either so you know as as long as they're not footing the entire bill then why not no i agree and, and that's the thing is um you know it's something new something different and you know start the season off with a bank maybe next season is the best season ever you know we'll just have to wait and see well, well would fox do that branding again like wait a minute this is actually gonna be the best season ever best season ever part two, part two 2.0 um, it was interesting speaking of people asking Bob Pockers stuff because he said today or yesterday, today, whenever, that the plan as of right now is to use the next-gen cars for the clash. Um, now, mm-hmm. of course, plenty can change between now and then, and I understand why NASCAR would want to promote it that way by saying, hey, here's our new car, you know, here's what we're going to be running for the rest of the season. I still feel strongly they're probably going to end up running the Gen 6 car just because these teams aren't going to have a full inventory of cars by this point in time. And what happens on short track, people wreck and guys run into each other. You're going to have some damage race cars. Um, I don't know. Maybe it'll surprise me. Maybe we'll get to run the next gen car. I would like to do that because it would make the most sense from a marketing standpoint, because if you're exposing the sport to people for the first time, you want to give them the car and the product that you're going to be giving them for the rest of the year. If they decide to tune in past that. Right. Yeah. I mean, the only the only way I, I think that you wouldn't see the car is if, from a marketing standpoint, you wanted to go tune in two weeks from now. We'll be in da- the high banks of Daytona with the yeah. brand new car. So, I th- if if they want it, I mean, like you said, Bob, I hadn't heard that about Pockers saying that they plan on using the next gen car. But like, if you know, if they do, that's that's great. But if they're like, yeah, we don't really have you know enough to inventory to do that. We're going to use the Gen Six car. They need to be like all right, well, we'll have the next-gen car in two weeks. Tune back in. I can say this much. I feel like if they use the Gen 6 car, the drivers are going to take no prisoners, and they're going to go completely 100%. They're driving the next-gen car, you know, maybe not all the owners. You know, Gibbs, Hendrick, those guys can certainly afford to replace race cars ad nauseum, but I don't know if you're a team like I don't know, track house racing, if, if Daniel Suarez gets in the class some kind of way. And again, we don't know what the criteria for getting this race is going to be. It changes all the time. Anyway, there's no telling what next year's going to be. But if track house racing gets in it, you know, they just expanded it to two cars. Their inventory is probably going to be a little bit lower. Say, so, hey, you know, 
maybe ride around the back, you know, don't go up there and nudge that guy or try to keep, try to keep the nose clean on this thing, which again, yeah. if you're trying to appeal new people to the sport, you want your best drivers to go out there and race as hard as they can. You don't want them holding back because they don't want to wreck their new cars. Right. Right. We'll see what happens. Um, yeah. And it's interesting because Daytona was already selling tickets for the clash on the road course again, which would have been that Tuesday night before the Daytona 500. So, and they'd only sold a, a small number of tickets. So as of right now, that's been done away with. Um, and based on the schedule, we are not going to the Daytona road course, barring another state getting shut down or race having to be canceled somewhere else. Um, so this ends a two year run um, for both points races and exhibitions of the cup series on the Daytona road course. Yep. Yeah. I mean, it's just somebody had to get the ax and the road course did. And it's a good thing. You know, I admire what NASCAR did because if you have it in your back pocket, use it certainly. And when it was pretty certain we weren't going to be able to go to California at the beginning of the season, they, they moved the schedule around and said, hey, let's just stay in Daytona, run here, get this race out of the way because we have it, we can do it, it's easy. Um, so, you know, I, I feel like that's going to be another. And again, hopefully we don't have to reschedule races or cancel races otherwise, everywhere in other places. But if you need to, the Daytona Road Course is right there. Yep. After that, uh, Speed Weeks proceeds as normal. You can have the duels on February the 17th and the Daytona 500 on Sunday the 20th, which is technically a week later than it was this past year. And that all obviously has to do with the Super Bowl and the date that it gets played on. Um, so the season technically starting one week later um, than normal, um, but still going to end around the same time. Yep. After that, we make our long-awaited return. Again, fingers crossed this does happen to Auto Club on Sunday, February the 27th, and then it proceeds the normal West Coast swing. You go Auto Club, Las Vegas, and Phoenix, which that, again, kind of makes the logistics of the L.A. clash a little bit funny because it's like, okay, you're going to go to L.A., you're going to go back to Daytona, you're going to go back to Southern California again and stay on the West Coast for three weeks. Yeah. Yeah. The um, Will this be Auto Club's final season uh, or final race on the, the two-miler? That is the plan. And again, going back to what Bob says, because Bob's word is the best word. Um, as of right now, that is the plan that this will be the final race in the two mile oval. And then the plan is to convert it to the short track for 2023. Gotcha. Again, plans could change for now and then, but as of right now, that's what the, the plan is going to be. Gotcha. Which, and this is something that I was thinking about too. So assuming the California Auto Club becomes a short track like it's planned to in 2023, Michigan's already lost a date, Pocono's losing a date. We'll get to that uh, a little bit later. You know, we've gone from running the Indy over to the Indy Road Course. We used to run, really, because California used to have two dates. We used to run seven races on two to two and a half mile tracks that weren't Daytona and Talladega. And in 2022, we're going to have three between those three tracks. Yeah. This chat yeah. type is becoming a little bit of a unicorn. Yeah, quickly. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it, I guess that makes it feel a little bit more special when you do go to those type of places. Um, like we went to Michigan a couple weeks ago, it felt, you know, it was unique because it was something different that we hadn't done the entire season. You know, we didn't go to right. California, so we didn't have a two-mile oval that wasn't a super speedway. Um, so, I don't know. It just adds something a little unique to the schedule, I guess. Yep. Uh, Atlanta will keep its spot as the fifth race of the season. Uh, the new Atlanta Motor Speedway, you know, whatever that's going to look like. It looks like the paving's going along pretty well. 
Um, now I know they said they wanted to be done by October. Uh, I don't know if they're going to get there quite yet because they haven't even started paving yet. Um, but you know, they'll have it done by then. You know, I'm sure we'll have some test sessions between now and then, and uh, we'll get a taste of the new Atlanta Motor Speedway in the fifth race of the season. And you went to the fifth race of the season this year and it seemed like the weather was pretty good. Weather was perfect. So that's the thing is, you know, unless you go on those cold weekends that mm -hmm. gotta be brutal, but, um, you know, it's just one of those, you just, Put on layers of clothes and move on. Yep. Uh, this is where the schedule gets shooken up a little bit. After Atlanta, instead of going to Bristol like we did last year, we're going to go to Circuit of the Americas, which moves from a May race into late March. And this, you know, I, and I don't know what the weather's like out in Texas. Maybe they're doing this to avoid the monsoon that we had to deal with in May there. But there's certainly a reason to move it, and maybe that's what it was. Well, I mean, yeah, that's a, that's a possibility. Um, hopefully we won't have to be dealing with any kind of tropical nonsense like we did this past year. Cause I mean, I, I didn't enjoy the Coda race cause it was just a mess yeah. all around. Um, but I think it's a really cool track and I would love to see it in ideal racing conditions. Um, and I'm glad that they bumped it up a little bit, uh, again, kind of change in the way that the, the, the schedule kind of goes. Yeah. Um, yeah. And kind of going back to what I was saying, I don't think it's fair to give a track one year, especially when you had to deal with the weather you did there. We didn't get the true Coda experience of what it could be. So hopefully we have some good weather and hopefully we have a good race when they go there in March. Yeah. Fingers crossed. So as we get down there, we're going to go to Richmond uh, the following Sunday. Richmond's actually going to have no night races next year. So both those races are going to be on Sunday. Um, kind of the short track swings we've had in years past. You're going to go to Martinsville for the first Saturday night race of the season. And then, this is the big one, we're going to go back to Bristol. It's going to be on dirt. I know, I know. Not a big fan of it. Um, here's the twist, though. It's going to be on Easter Sunday in prime time. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I mean, the track aside, I just don't feel like running on Easter Sunday makes a lot of sense. Um, I mean, because... I don't know. I know people are at home, but like, I feel like, I mean, for like my family or anything on Easter, like, I don't feel like we're home all day. Sure. You know, sure. you're out, out with family and friends. And, um, I know it's going to be ran on Sunday night or Easter Sunday night, but it's right. like, I don't know. I will say from a, from a dirt racing perspective, running at night is probably a better idea. Because, of course, they dealt with the visibility concerns running in the daytime with the dust and stuff like that. So that's good if you're going to do this. Um, and, and listening to what Ben Kennedy had to say about why they made this decision, they're kind of basing it off like what the NFL does with Thanksgiving, what the NBA does with Christmas Day. Like, you're going to be home with your family, kind of have a captive audience to maybe increase ratings, which at the end of the day, of course, ratings are what drive all this. Um, so I – I see what they're trying to do. I don't know if it's necessarily going to work, but, and I may be wrong about this. You may be able to dig something up from the seventies or eighties, but to my knowledge, modern era of NASCAR has never raced on Easter Sunday. Yeah. I mean, I've never known them to. So we'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah. See if it works. Maybe, maybe it's uh, one of those, um, you know, untapped days that, that you can be the king of all sports. I mean, who knows? Yeah. Um, and again, this is the second year we're doing this in Bristol. I'm hoping this is just a placeholder until we can find a proper dirt track from the Cup Series schedule because logistically, I don't, I don't 
see why Bristol would do this every single year for eight to 10 years or something like that. It sounds like a logistical nightmare, cost a ton of money. So hopefully, you know, maybe it's North Wilkesboro. I don't know. There's a lot of rumors flying around about what that track's going to be and what they're going to do with it. Maybe we can get a purpose-built actual dirt track on the Cup Series schedule to where Bristol can finally get its two actual short track races back. Well, that's the thing is, like, obviously Bristol's this weekend, and, and I hope that the racing is so good this weekend that everybody's like, man, we really could have used that in April. Yeah. You know, um, that's what I hope anyways. You know, I don't root – obviously, I don't root for the sport to fail. I mean, yeah. I want it to be successful. I just don't like stock cars on dirt. I don't like them on dirt at Bristol. So, may, like you said, hopefully there's a solution outside of turning Bristol into dirt that, that we can come up with in the next year or so. And similarly to the clash, I know there was a lot of talk that NASCAR might end up running the next – or the Gen 6 car – for the Bristol dirt race, but according to Bob, it seems like uh, the plan is to run the next gen car, which of course, why wouldn't that be the plan? Um, this concern seems to be if Goodyear can build a tire suitable for this type of race because the tire is going to change so much. Um, and of course, that's something we're not going to know for a long, long time. Again, you would hope that they'd be able to run the next gen car because it would make sense to switch to a different car in the middle of the season, but you know, we'll, we'll see what happens with that when we get there. Yep. After that, shoot, talk about an interesting couple of weeks. You're going to go from Martinsville to Bristol Dirt and then to Talladega on uh, Sunday, April the 24th, be the second super speedway race of the season. After that, we're going to go to Dover. We're going to return to Darlington on Mother's Day. So there's another holiday that we're going to race on. I'm assuming that's going to be throwback weekend again. Glad Darlington kept its two dates. That was really cool this year. Um, then we go to uh, uh, Kansas, which is going to be in the middle of May which it was, yeah, the first Kansas race that was in the middle of May this year, too, so that didn't change. The All-Star race finally returns to the week before the Coke 600, but once again, we're going to be going to Texas. <laughs> Yay. Which, oh, well, you got to throw them a bone at some point in time. Yeah, and if it keeps Texas from having two points races, that's fine with me. I don't need yeah. to see two 500-mile Texas races in a year. So if you want to give me a 150-mile six round or whatever we're going to call it race fine um yeah but again it's kind of going back to the logistics of all this you're going to go from darlington which is close by all the way out to kansas back to charlotte all the way out to texas and then back to charlotte for the coke 600 and then the following yeah. week after the coke 600 you're going back to the midwest again so there's three tri yeah. trips out to the midwest and one of them being a non-points event yeah yeah, somebody didn't have their pen and paper and, and a map out of that. I hope we can get to the point where we're rotating the all-star race between tracks in the southeast because a, a big appeal of the all-star race was the fact that you're in Charlotte for two weeks, everybody's just down the road from their shop, so it, it, it's not a big deal to drive in for a 100-lap race or a 50-lap race if you're running the open. Like That was what it was built around was everybody's close to home anyway, so let's have this all-star event at Charlotte. Um, right. Start taking it out to the Midwest and out to the West. That, that changes things. Um, and again, when you talk about logistics and teams spending money, it's a lot of money to go all the way out to Texas to run. If you're in the open, 50 laps? Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. We get that far. So yeah. I imagine the payouts for that. Now, obviously, the winner gets a million dollars, but I don't think the payouts – towards the bottom are nearly what they are for a standard points event. No, no. So, 
Go Texas, go to the Coke 600. This is one I'm excited about. Sunday, June the 5th, finally, the Cup Series is going to go to Worldwide Technology Raceway out in Gateway in St. Louis. And Cup Series returning to the St. Louis market. Um, will NASCAR return to the St. Louis market for the first time with the Top Series in a very long time? Yeah, it's about dang time. Yeah. You know, I, it was one of those that we, we thought it was coming back. We thought it was coming back. And, and now that it's actually on the schedule, it's just – I'm excited that that's that's my favorite addition by far to the to the well we saw obviously the trucks have gone there for the past six seven years they've done well IndyCar has done a phenomenal job out there they've pulled big crowds so I know as they said they've already sold a couple thousand tickets to this race already um so I think that's going to be a really big deal for NASCAR uh, going out to St. Louis Mm mm-hmm and this, it's not a short track. It's 1.3 miles. I like to call it Flat Darlington because that's essentially what it is. Um, but it's another one of these, like, semi-shortish tracks like New Hampshire where you're not going to have, you know, the, the big spoiler. You're going to have these short track elements on another type of racetrack, um, which, again, is, is what the best racing is. So I'm glad that we're adding another track like this to the schedule. Yep. Gonna go to Sonoma uh, June the 12th. Hey, that's on my birthday. The following weekend, we're gonna actually take a one-off weekend of the season. That's Father's Day weekend, which traditionally was one of the weekends that we always raced on, and now it's going to be the single off weekend for the Cup Series in 2022. Mm-hmm. So from February all the way to November, guys get one weekend off. Yeah, crazy. So I, I honestly kind of enjoyed the, the two-week break. Now, I didn't like not having any NASCAR content, but it kind of it gave you a break, and it got you more excited when the two weeks was finally up, and then you hit the ground running, last couple races for the playoffs, and now into the playoffs. Yeah. So um, we'll, we'll see how the teams react to only having one weekend off. Mm-hmm. Nashville returns uh, late June. That'll be the start of NBC's coverage with Sigurd Road America. Once again, on July 4th weekend, Atlanta, keeping it same date, uh, mid-July, followed by New Hampshire. And then we go to Pocono. And Pocono, now, with the addition of Gateway, is down to just one race for the entire season. Of course, they've been running the doubleheader the past two years. The ratings for Saturday's race were not very good. I understand why they moved it back to one race. And again, going back to what I said about Auto Club, now these two-mile-and-up non-super speedway races have been reduced to three and about to be two. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just, I'm not a fan of Pocono. And like you said, the, the ratings basically drive everything. Yeah. Um, and the Saturday ratings were horrific. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, you had to make the move. Yeah. I imagine this is probably going to move it back to a 400 mile race, which again, if you're only doing it once a year, why not? Um, I never understood before they did the double header, why we ran Pocono twice in like the span of eight weeks. So I'm certainly not opposed to just going there once a year. Yeah, me too. Return to Indy Road Course at the end of July. And this is something that was interesting when they announced the schedule was we've confirmed we're going to run the road course there next year. But RP, Roger Penske, is very open to the idea of bringing the cup cars back to the Oval. And I think that all kind of pins on how well this next-gen car races at those type of racetracks, which if it can put on a good show, I'm all for it. Yeah, well, exactly. I mean, because – you know, in my opinion, we we run too many road courses as it is anyway. So if you could get Indy back, and obviously the the tradition that comes with that track and that race, mm-hmm. um, put back on the oval is just an added plus. But again, I don't want a snooze fest either. So if right. the car 
issues that needs to be worked out over the next couple of years, that's fine. Keep it on the road course until you can get it, you know, somewhat perfected. And I think kind of similarly to when the Southern 500 made its return to Labor Day weekend in 2015, it'll make the event feel bigger again. Because, of course, the Brickyard 400 has been very stale over the past decade plus because the racing wasn't good. So if you spend a couple years on the road course, you know, again, figure out the next-gen car, these type of racetracks where you can put on a good show, I think that'll make that'll elevate the status of the Brickyard 400 back to where it needs to be as a crown jewel event as this grand return to the Oval again. Most definitely. Uh, after that, go to Michigan for their one race a year. Um, following that, Richmond now loses its playoff date. It does still have a second race, and that'll be Sunday, August the 14th. Um, and and kind of going back to this past weekend's race, it was okay. Um, Richmond is a short track by definition, but it hasn't put on a short track type of show in a very long time. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. Been, it's been fine, but when you think of Bristol, you think of Martinsville – Richmond is a distant third in far, as far as the actual short tracks ranking in the Cup Series go. Oh, yeah. I, I 100% agree. So, uh, after that, go to Watkins Glen and then Daytona for the regular season finale once again. Here's where things really get a little bit shaken up. We go to the playoffs, and the first round now consists of Darlington, Kansas, and Bristol. Um, I'll say this, Kansas is one of the best mile-and-a-half tracks that we go to at least for the package we've been running the past couple of years, it's already in the playoffs anyway. Um, and I do kind of like what the new playoffs are going to be where it's not one round of the same thing. Now I do enjoy the first round being three, seven fifty tracks, but you know, I can appreciate a little bit of mix up thrown in there with going to Kansas in between Darlington and Bristol. Yeah, yeah most definitely. Second round of the playoffs now consists of Texas, Talladega and the Charlotte Roval. I mean, Texas, I can take it or leave it. We know exactly what to expect there. I'm really glad we still get Talladega and the Roval in the same round because that just opens the door to all kinds of chaos and, you know, people getting eliminated that we didn't think were going to get eliminated. So that second round of the playoffs is still going to be the chaos round, as I like to call it. Mm -hmm. This is where I really get excited because in the third round, we're going to go to Las Vegas, Homestead, Miami, making its triumphant return to the playoffs. And, of course, Martinsville being the penultimate race of the 2022 season. Homestead deserves a playoff race. It is such a good racetrack. Um, so many people were, see it, see, were sad to see it be taken out, the championship taken away from it. But even these past two years, it's put on a great show after great show. And I'm glad it finally gets a good slot in the playoffs once again. Yeah, I mean, I said earlier that, that Gateway was my favorite addition to the, to the schedule next year. Mm -hmm. 100%. The, the changing of dates and everything, adding – homestead back the the playoffs was huge and putting it in that round of eight i love even more um so it'll be um i i'm, I'm really glad that that race is, is going to be back and you know obviously i hope that the new car um adapts to the track well and and you can still put on the show of course the championship race is going to be at phoenix uh, for the third year in a row which again you didn't really have a chance to see what a full Capacity Phoenix was going to be last year. We'll see it this year. So Phoenix is going to get its third championship race in a row. But I brought this point up to you before we started recording that we, of course, we know we can't go to every single type of racetrack or every single track uh, for the championship race. There are some places just the weather doesn't make sense. The market doesn't make sense. The track type doesn't make sense. But looking what this final four round of races consist of, Vegas, Miami, Martinsville, and Phoenix, 
I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility to think that these could be your four rotating playoff races for the next handful of years. And I'd be fine with that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we could crown a winner at any of them and I would be, I'd be fine with it. Yeah. Vegas makes a lot of sense. Big market. It's put on a pretty good show as far as mile and a half, mile and a half go. We just talked about Miami and its long history with the championship race. And then of course, Bristol, not Bristol, Martinsville and Phoenix being two shorter tracks. They always are going to put on a entertaining show. Yeah. So if we get a mix of these four tracks in the final four races of the season, I'd be totally cool with that. Yeah. So that brings us to the end of the 2022 schedule. Overall impressions, again, we knew not a ton was going to get moved around compared to what we did last year, but I'd say a pretty solid schedule altogether. Yeah, the subtle changes made, you know, I, I'm all for, um, for the most part. Yeah. So um, we'll get the truck and Xfinity schedules in a couple weeks. Um, I would expect them to be relatively the same. Um, maybe the Xfinity series is probably going to join the Cup series at Gateway, but um, I, don't, I don't expect too much different on those schedules as well. Yeah. Uh, we do have a little bit of news uh, over the past couple days. Um, Sheldon Creed is going to be joining RCR next year in the Xfinity series, which truck series champion looks like he might win another championship this year. It's the natural progression up the ladder. He's been a Chevy guy. You know, he's in their pipeline. This makes a lot of sense. He brings money to the table. Um, and you know, that's kind of what RCR has needed in the past couple of years. So I don't know, he's, he's impressed me a lot and I'm excited to see what he can do in good Xfinity equipment. It's going to be funny when he replaces Austin in a few years. It might happen. We'll see. Could happen. It kind of, no, it, it kind of the question mark is what happened to my, what happens to my Snyder though in RCR? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know he won his race at Homestead, but he hasn't been overly impressive since then he does bring money to the table so of course that can keep you around for a long time but it'd be interesting to see if rcr goes two cars or just sticks with one yeah um staying in the xfinity series justin algar signs the extension with junior motorsports so you know it very likely we could have five cars at jrm next year um but i think algar was the foregone conclusion look he, he wants to stay in the xfinity series brant loves him you know, he, he's not going to leave junior motorsports until he wants to leave junior motorsports more likely than not. Right. So, and he's a championship contender every single year. Yep. Yeah. And he's that veteran presence for, you know, the young crop of drivers that they always have. Yep. Over the cup series, uh, Starcom racing announced that it's going to shut down at the end of the 2021 season. Um, they've secured a charter for the past two two, three years now, I think three years now. Um, so that's another charter that's going to be out in the open. The rumor is that Spire is going to buy it, but at least Spire is a team that is attempting to become competitive and attempting to get itself on the level of the top teams. Um, and again, you know, you, you can't blame Starcom for having the charter because it made sense for them from a business standpoint. I'm sure they made good money doing what they were doing. Um, but I'm just glad to see it hopefully go to a team that's going to be a little more competitive than the double zero was. Yeah, you just hope you hope it falls in the right hands. Yeah, um, and what this means for Quinn Alve, I don't know. Um, I don't think he particularly impressed too many people driving the double zero car. Um, but hey, he brings sponsorships, so that can always land him a ride somewhere. Somewhere. Um, finally, and this just happened right before we started recording. Mike Wheeler, who is currently Bubba Wallace's crew chief, just got a promotion at Twenty Three Eleven Racing. Uh, what is his official title now? I think it's director of competition. Yes, I believe so. 
So he's going to be leaving Bob Wallace's pit box into that new role. And Booty Barker is actually going to take over as his crew chief. Um, I've seen a lot of Bubba fans not too pleased with Mike Wheeler this season. There's been a lot of ups and downs. Um, we'll see what this does for Bubba Wallace. I mean, the team's been running better as of late, but there's certainly been a lot of missed opportunities for the 23 car this year. Yeah, I think it's one of them. I think it's one of them. Yes, it's a promotion, but it's also kind of a, let's see if we can get a new start here. Yeah, let's let's take your hands off a little bit and see what this other guy can do. Yeah. Um, well, that's it for the 2020 schedule and the news that we've had for the week. You know, nice little bonus episode here. And, um, I mean, I literally have the Arca Race on in the background right now because we're already hitting the ground running for Bristol weekend. And uh, can't wait to be back at the beginning next week to talk about it. Yep, we'll recap it all next week. Can't wait. All right, for Dalton Mullax, I'm Tyler Head. Thanks for listening to this extra episode of the Speed Podcast, and we'll catch you next time. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.